Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Lodge 49. Welcome back to streaming in place. Uh, I am Liz Dudley's sense of grandeur, Allison Shoemaker. Uh, I am joined as ever by a Radisson near Pensacola, Kate Kulzik. And the lower pocket of Anton Chekhov's cargo shorts, Noel Kirkpatrick. Um, I went back and forth with uh, the best dumplings in Guadalajara um, and Scott's practice tackle, uh, which were also good. But but I was so distracted by trying to figure out how I was going to make work making eye at you into casual conversation that I just went with the slightly more obvious choices. How are you both this fine morning here in Guadalajara, Mexico? Well... First, I want to apologize to listeners that A, I'm back, and B, that I'm not Scotty Caldwell, since last week's podcasts were great without me, so I just bring everything down. So I really apologize for being here. I feel like I just should not be here, because you two do such a good job without me, and then you get Scotty to come on. Tisk tisk. Tisk tisk. None of that now. That was fun. It was fun. That was fun, but I will say there is a... There's a very specific like lady detective thing mm. that it's like it's like it's like specific it's it's like it, we wouldn't have Scotty on to talk about anime no, no wouldn't do it yeah or okay. you know Lodge Forty Nine Lodge Forty Nine Season Two Episode Nine mm-hmm. Le Rêve Impossible uh, I'm so excited to talk about this episode I was making some very dirty jokes about. Uh, how I've been storing up all of my talking about this episode energy for this exact moment. So what I have to know, first of all, is, uh, Kate, Noel, what did you resist the urge to text me about all weekend? Oh, well, like, it was actually easy for me because, like, I, so listeners, to peek behind the curtain, there was, a, there was texting back and forth uh, between us that had me very confused because yes. I thought that both of you guys had already seen this mm-hmm. when I watched it. And it turns out that, and then I thought, wait, maybe neither of them have seen it, so I didn't text you. And it turned out that Noel had, but Allison, you had not. And it was, I was very confused by the kind. And I think it's part of it is that my phone was delivering texts out of order. Um, so that was, so I like, I got the impression, Allison, that you had seen it first, and was like, you guys gotta let me know when you watch it. And and then I was like, oh, okay, so I'll have to watch it. Uh, and then I got the impression that Noel had seen it. I was like, okay. And then I was about to text them both, and then. Some some a text from one of you guys came through that was like, wait, they haven't seen it. Ah, not that's yeah, that's me. That was Noel. And then when so then when I actually so then I was like, okay, well, just better safe than sorry. And then as I watched it, and when I realized Allison, you hadn't seen, it, I was like, oh, she's just gonna love this so much. I just like you know, so it was it was easy for me to resist that temptation because I was like, how none of us guessed that Le Rêve Impossible was literally the impossible dream from Mount of La Mancha, sung by our French muse. Uh, when we've made Man of the Mancha references, we've made like specifically the Impossible Dream singing references on the podcast so much, and at least on the podcast, none of us made that connection with this title. Um, I was just like, oh, she's gonna love it so much, and it's gonna be delightful, and uh, I can't wait to talk about all of this with both of them. So it was actually pretty easy. But like, I mean, if I had to pick one thing, obviously it's a song. Noel, how about you? Yeah, it was the song, and just that entire auction scenario was just something I just wanted to immediately talk about, but I also wanted to talk about everything in the best restaurant in Guadalajara <laughs> um, of the dumpling eating competition. And Janet just 
underestimating her paid companion <laughs> and her ability to just pack away dumplings. Like, why would you bet against Liz in that scenario? Why? Don't do it. Don't do it. Especially when, when like, I don't understand. Dud, like, backs up. It's like, no, she can freakishly eat. Like, he's, <laughs> he does not strike me as one who over-exaggerates such things. No. Um, and, yeah, I was eating while I watched it, and or I had just finished eating when they got to that scene, and I was like, oh, I'm very glad I'm not eating right now, because this is disgusting. It is completely disgusting. <laughs> well shot. Well done. Uh, the other thing that I was very excited to talk about is, of course, a uh, cameo by uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, which was absolutely delightful. What a great little bit of casting. Um, I, in my head, he's a fan of the show, and so like reached out to see about going on, and they wrote the character for him, which is probably not what happened, but in my head it is, and it's a, it's a fun headcanon, so I'm going with it. I actually don't think that's out of the realm of the... Uh, of, of the impossible. <laughs> I think of the... Impo- it's, it's not an impossible <laughs> dream. Um, I, I think that that seems sort of likely to me. You know, it's one of those shows where... A little bit like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where if somebody loves it, they're going to figure out a way. They're going to they're gonna write a runner for Patton, an inexplicable runner for Patton Oswalt, a season-spanning uh, runner for Patton Oswalt. Um, or they're just going to do Cats, and then, you know, and then everybody can come on. It'll be great. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think the thing... Well, no, I know for sure the thing that I was the most excited to talk to you two about. And there's a long list. I think this episode is outstanding, maybe... One of my favorite episodes of TV I've seen in the last several years. I wept, I laughed, I cackled, I gasped, I did all of the things. I thought lots of big thoughts. Uh, I want to talk about fate some more, all of that shit, but also the paper towels. <laughs> Ooh, of all of the very satisfying Chekhov's gun moments. And it's clear to me, and I want to know your perspective on this, but to me, it seems very clear that this is what they were doing, right? They made a point of telling us exactly where he was putting that gun. So we'd all be thinking about Chekhov's gun. And then everything from the fucking creme brulee, all of these other little things that you would never think, oh, that's going to come back. They all come back. They all matter. And the paper towel, perhaps matters most of all we have been talking about how satisfying watching dud move that paper towel around for weeks for what seems like an eternity we've been talking about that paper towel did you ever in a million years think that it would be this significant no but i think that's really the appreciation of it because i have serious doubts that they knew where they were going when they introduced those paper towels just like there's no way like this is totally. this is not a J. Michael Straczynski Babylon Five. I've plotted out everything sort of scenario. By the way, I've been we've been rewatching Babylon Five, um, which is why it's at the forefront of my brain. But th- so there's none of that. There's just Dud always has this with him. Where can he put the scrolls? Uh, in there, and and the gun. He can just put it in there. It's all fine. We're good. We're set. And it's just like, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't you put it in there? Because it's the one thing, it's the one constant in his life, aside from Liz, is his stuff. And by his stuff, we mean paper, just a big value size bag of paper towels. A slowly emptying value size bag of paper towels. Not emptying quick enough. But presumably Dud is also just taking paper towel whenever it's available to him. And then maybe even refilling the bag. Uh I would not be shocked. Um, yeah, what a, what a moment. What a wonderful little moment. 
Um, Kate, what about you? Was there anything in particular that came to fruition in a way you didn't expect? Well, I, you know, it's just such a satisfying, fun episode. You know, there's a bunch of little things, uh, or bigger, but, um, I'm curious, I, I'm curious how I'm going to feel about it after the finale, because there's one more episode in the series run. Before we started recording, listeners, I was talking with Noel, and it's like, this both absolutely feels like the penultimate episode of a show, and also doesn't at all feel like the penultimate episode of a show, because there's so much more story that I want them to tell that they aren't going to be able to. Um, but uh, having, like, like the, the tone is so different that it feels a little unreal, and uh, and... Whether that is a feature or a bug, I think for me will depend on the fin- like on what happens in the finale and how that goes because it's been such a difficult, beautiful but difficult season for so many of these characters to just have such a joyful <laughs> like the joyful resolution to the Zugswang, <laughs> right? Um, and <laughs> like like completely inexplicable, like, everybody just lands on the beach and is fine, and they all happen to be in the right place where they're already getting tacos, and all, like, it doesn't, like, doesn't match at all, like, the, the just the, all of the happy coincidences. And so, like, I don't trust it yet. So when I watch the finale, and then, like, see what happens, then I will feel safer just enjoying all of the good things that happen and all of the funny things that happen here. Um, but, uh, but... Without that context, uh, I would point to, for example, the hilarity of uh, Scott getting shot again and only having to spend five hours <laughs> at the ER when you know he was finally gonna, like, you know, get something going with the muse. Um, because he gets punished. Well, Scott. Because he gets punished by life. Or just, you know. Um, the- His duty is not yet dis- discharged. And the fact that he got that little win with the tackle was was great. Um, the just the delivery of hey, you have something that doesn't belong to you, and then they take the bowling bag as, as he's as Blaine is Blaine is holding the scroll like not not hidden, not like just like they just didn't. I guess they didn't unzip it. Um, it's just it's there's so many delightful things. Even Janet getting arrested is great. You know, like I love that 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 it's not like there is some magical solution to her problem. It's exactly what Liz said and anticipated, and she's on board. So you know, like it's just, it's really fun. It's a really really satisfying fun episode. Yeah, it's just a really great series of wins and celebrations of it because you they all after kind of this quasi magical realism they almost plunge into this like pure fairy tale conclusion mm-hmm. of everything. Um, down to getting the scrolls on basically a technicality of you, like you said, you have something that doesn't belong to you and it's this bag. So we're done here. Just give us the bag. You have an hour to get out. Um, We just didn't look inside the bag, which is not how auctions work. Um, But it's fine. It, this was, they very much treated it as the bag was up for auction. The contents were not. This was not, um, whatchamacallit, um, that, um, storage wars or whatever. Storage wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not storage wars where anything inside is yours. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I'm just like, I'm deathly afraid of what's going to happen in this conclusion um, because of how many wins we get down to Janet getting arrested and Liz going, look, everyone just go. I have to stay with her to make sure that she doesn't try to pin all of this on me because she will. <laughs> so I just have to st- just stay with her to make sure that doesn't happen. But I will meet up with all of you later and we will be fine. I'm just like, I need everyone to be fine. Except for that poor, poor, tied up dude from Lodge One (laughs) who's going to wake up and just be very confused. I feel like maybe the best way to approach the rest of our conversation about this episode is to maybe go character by character because there are so many important moments that I don't want to skip. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think perhaps the best way to do that is to go character by character. And for some of those, it'll be brief and others, it'll be long. And I think the one that'll be the quickest to wrap up because we've already talked about him quite a lot is Scott, uh, who this is my favorite Scott episode. Um, all of a sudden I would jump in front of a truck for Scott. Like that's, I realized I was at that point. I don't know how I got there, but Mm -hmm. here I am. Um, I'm fully there. I understand the two of you aren't, but the thing that did it for me is they're all sitting around the table talking about what they're thankful for. And Scott says, I'm thankful for Jocelyn. He was just trying to help. And I was so mean to him. (laughs) It's like growth. That's growth. Scott, I'm so proud of you. Scott, good for you. That's great. And he makes up with Blaze, even though Blaze is in the wrong in that specific mm-hmm. yes. instance. Um, it's just, it's all very nice. And he didn't deserve to get shot. And then he gets that tackle. And I just, I was very proud of Scott. How are we feeling about Scott? Ditto. Yeah. No, very, very happy for him. Yeah. Yeah. I was glad that he recognized Jocelyn. Um, but yeah, I'm still on the, you still need to do some work, buddy. And you see that in his whole thing about the muse and everything and the way that's getting worked through. Um, but also, she sang a song for him. <laughs> she didn't, but he definitely feels like he did. She did. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the muse then briefly, because in addition to our amazing musical number, we also, one of the many things that inexplicably comes back is her tendency to just light things on fire, which in here, in this instance, gives us a glorious set piece. Um, so are we, do we have any other thoughts about the muse and her affinity for Scott and also fire? Um, I think it's just hilarious and terrific. I think that the way that that is performed, the song is performed, not just by that actor, but by the whole cast reacting feels incredibly Mm -hmm. genuine and real. Um, and like, I I was really impressed with just like, even down to the extras, you know, how Mm -hmm. the background and stuff were, were reacting to somebody just start singing in the middle of room and they, but they sound really good, but not like. You know, I've been rehearsing for an audition good, you know. Um, so, like, just in, in the nonchalance of the, the, the fire. And even just, like, the timing as they're, like, all waiting for somebody else to do something about the burning tapestry, you know. <laughs> Felt just, oh, it was, it, was, it, it was very real and genuine, I thought, right? Very, like, uh, aren't you gonna, who's gonna, put out, put out the fire! <laughs> and... and Ernie taking his moment then to give us because isn't that one of the paintings we got earlier? Oh, I'm not sure. Is it? I, is I feel like I feel like Ernie in a matador in a mariachi uniform jumping through a ring of fire is one of the things that was an early painting. It very yeah. well could be. 
if nothing else, it feels very much like a trial for a night, yes, right. right? Like it, it was very, it was, it belongs to the show that Dud thought he was in that now they all know they're not in. Um, and yet inexplicably in this episode, they are marvelously, but inexplicably. Um, that seems to lead pretty naturally to Ernie, who just seems to be doing really well. Yeah. He's on the road, man. That's yeah. what he needed. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's back Thankful on the road. for the road. He's good friends with Connie now. Mm -hmm. They're amicable. He has a nice conversation with Scott. There's that really beautiful moment with um, Dud and Liz where Dud is just so happy that they're all together. And then he gives them their drinks. And it's, it's very nice. Um, and he, he's the knight. He proves he proves himself, I think, to be worthy of the title of sovereign protector. <laughs> Unlike Daphne. Yeah. Yeah, no. I th I don't really have too much else on Ernie. I think that yeah, that a whole tri oh, tri literal trial by fire um is that clear indication like you said Kate of being sovereign protector. Like he he does exactly what he's supposed to do in that moment and just takes advantage of it and goes and runs and it's just really glorious and i'm really glad that that door was open behind that tapestry so he didn't have to like <laughs> open something else to get through there um that was great um mm -hmm. on those stairs anyway we'll get there <laughs> no man left behind but no man left behind yeah dad goes back for him mm -hmm. just wonderful they let daphne sleep it's this is one of those details i love they let Daphne sleep. And whether you think that's because Daphne isn't really a part of the True Lodge or whatever, or because sleep is a perfectly fine state to be in, she's fine. Um, but they don't leave Lamar at the bottom of the stairs. Specifically, Dud, like a good squire, does not let Lamar languish at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> well, let's talk about Daphne. Uh, I liked the surprise with her being in the, the suit instead of Janet um and she she is <laughs> like a gravity blanket <laughs> if anything a survivor so i think that that really tracks with her grabbing a parachute um it doesn't track with her know how knowing how to use one but that's okay N none of them should know how to just use a parachute uh like that but we're not going to worry about it um do you guys have any other daphne thoughts um i thought that the gesturing with the gun was very 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 funny um, and I think she sold that joke, but so do the rest of the actors in the way they're responding to her, where it's not super overplayed. It just gets increasingly more um, tense as she keeps doing it. Um, and I love that she's morphed mm -hmm. into sort of into full dud mode, right? Where she's she is no longer interested in the money. She just wants the scrolls. And even if they're useless junkets or destiny to get them. Um, so I was very into Daphne in this episode. I hope we see more of her. And I'm not sure we'll be seeing more of Lamar unless I miss something. We, we do don't not. see Lamar in that no. final tableau. Correct. Just yeah. his his typewriter. Yeah. yeah. That, that very seems much feels ominous. Like Paul had to leave. <laughs> Paul was not available for this last episode. Well, all, yeah. he, you know, he wanted to be lost in Mexico. So, you know. Oh, right. He wanted to be yes. lost in Mexico. Wanted, yeah. It would be great for his sales. Mm -hmm. See, so he gets his happy ending, too. Yeah. Do we have any other Lamar thoughts? I'm 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 with Dud. I'm glad he finally ejaculated. I'm glad. And I'm Yeah, he needed I'm to. glad that the whole hotel heard it. <laughs> and felt it probably. It seemed like wall shatteringly yeah. mm -hmm. loud. And I'm glad Clara was there too. 
She's got a she's got a story yeah. now, right? And she's maybe if she ever if we ever hear from him again, uh, maybe she's got an inside track on the the next sextet of the romance you know romance series that she's <laughs> such a fan of. Oh. Um, yeah, Wyatt Russell is so funny in this episode, and that line where he's like, "She was saying sextet like it was sex, but she wasn't really saying it." I was like, God bless you. You are very good at your job. <laughs> That's a good line. Uh, let's talk about Clara then, because uh, wow, Clara and Connie have kind of a big scene that I was very excited about um, when one of her compatriots from Lodge One shows up and is like, "She has episodes. This is very dicey." And on almost any other show. That would have been it. That would have been Connie's exit. Not Connie's exit. Sorry, Clara's exit. But Connie uh, is not a misogynist. (laughs) Um, So when she says, no, she doesn't believe her, I thought that was a a pretty spectacular Mm -hmm. little moment, even if they are now going to be wanted. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but how are we feeling about Connie and Clara? By whom? Like, what is Lodge One going to do? Keep sending people to Mexico? They're just going to keep losing people to Mexico. We saw what happened when someone went to Southern California. Can you imagine what happens (laughs) if you send a bunch of folks from Lodge One to Mexico? They're never coming back. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm assuming the big bid was from Lodge One. That's, like, my assumption. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next, but... It just was very like the obviously they give us the the Miranda thing to shore up our confidence in mm-hmm. Clara and Connie's judgment as well. But I, I'm really because we have another episode, but I'm really uncertain of like what is next for. It feels like I mean like maybe there's some stuff for Connie, but they, their story feels like it's got a bow. It's like all mm-hmm. like they're good. So I'm very curious what we're going to get of, if anything, for either of them in the next episode. Well, we're going to have to see her writing, right? On Lamar's Mm -hmm. typewriter. Because that was one of the things I really loved, is you see them at their taqueria having their, I'm assuming, extremely delicious tacos that are definitely fish tacos with made with fish that was just pulled out of the ocean like just world-class tacos is what they're having but there's no keyboard and i was like oh well she's gotta write we need to know what she's writing and then a keyboard falls not a keyboard a typewriter falls out of the sky so maybe we get that from connie maybe the next is sort of the resurgence of connie's creative force um now that uh lamar has released all of his <laughs> into clara um oh, i don't care for that yes. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, Blit. Not, maybe it maybe it was maybe it was a like yeah, no, never mind. No. Nope, not yeah. the, this is not that podcast. No, uh, I feel because we only have a few characters left. We got to do Janet, and we got. I mean, Blaze feels like he's the most in process. Like his his stuff was the mm-hmm. previous episode, and then you know we'll see what depending on what happens with the scrolls in the next episode. So I feel like he's still in progress. But uh, uh, and and Janet, like we still have that painting of. Uh, of Dud and Liz in the all black with the stars, which to me goes immediately yes. back to Orbis. Um, so, or they're like they're like in burglar. They're breaking in somewhere. Is what that tells me. So either they're breaking into something Janet related, or they're breaking into Orbis, which is Janet related because aren't they owned by the same company or something? Did we find that out? Maybe. I think I could so. be wrong they about were. that. Something. Yeah, uh, I assumed that the big bid was Janet. And that she had somehow called, texted, whatever, somebody else to bid with somebody else's money, right? Yes. Rich people bid with, gamble with other people's money. So um, that was sort of my assumption there. But it also, it felt very final. 
So I don't know. Um, I, I also have a hard time thinking of the next episode as the finale, because obviously it wasn't intended to be a series finale. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous about that. Uh, but I think Liz and Dud are probably a great place to end, unless you have any other thoughts about Janet Knoll. Because um, we get some great stuff for Liz and Dud, and Dud seems very at peace. He's got his family now. He's got this little two-person family. I mean, a bigger family, but specifically Liz and Ernie that he's built for himself. And that's very clear in this episode. Um, He's just so sentimental. And Wyatt Russell is so good. And he does so much really wonderful, expressive, nonverbal acting. But that shot when he walks into the pool and then the little girl swims up and they both pop up and it's Liz and Dud as adults. I just, that knocked me on my ass. It made me so happy. I want them on their national parks trip. I want all of that. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling about the Dudley twins? Yeah, the pool sequence just did also knocked me on my ass because I just really loved how it just, like you said, it's just underwater. We get two kids and then they pop up recognizing one another from being underwater and it's the two of them. And then you get that terrific little family reunion. Um, but I also just really want to call out Wyatt Russell's like facial expressions during the slow-mo run of how just yeah. ridiculously excited, but also just like, I've always wanted to run in slow motion, slow motion. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just like, he's just so delirious that he's getting this little chase, but also he's not losing his flip-flops. Like, that's just really deeply impressive. That's good flip-flop game. Um, because you wear flip-flops when you assume you're not going to be running that day. <laughs> Except he's wearing flip-flops every day. Um, so I, yeah, it's just really good. And then I think the montage of Liz eating all those dumplings against Lamar and just the, yeah, no, I'm actually good at any number of things, including just eating a massive ton of dumplings. Um, and I don't make rookie mistakes like drinking water. Like, no, no, thank you, sir. The, the, that is, that is not a mistake I make. That is dumpling space. Yeah, that is dumpling space that you were filling with liquids. (laughs) The, um, you know, especially that, that, that moment with him in the pool is so lovely. Um, but also just the, like, you could, you could tear up just thinking about the delivery of, I'm grateful I had a pool growing up. So, so simple and, and such a lovely little, like very Liz kind of thing. Um, but that means so much more for her and also for us as viewers. Like we know what she means and that's all she needs to say. It's really lovely. Um, the, 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 it, it is, it's great to see. I also, another Liz moment that I loved is like, no, he'll be getting a finder's fee and a percentage. That's like, this, this is going to be bullshit and you're going to get your fee. That's what's going to happen. It's like, <laughs> this is Liz with her manager hat, head on and, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing that, that we have balance there. I like that, you know, you don't get the sense that, um, Liz is joining the lodge or anything like that. She doesn't belong at the lodge. It's not her thing. But she, this is a way that she is, can, is part of this family now without her having to, like, go to the lodge. You know what I mean? And establishing um, this dynamic with, and going on this wild Zugzwang adventure <laughs> with everybody else. You know, it, it's, it's, it leaves us in this episode, at least, 
and such a beautiful place for Liz and also for Dud. And, you know, she'll go back and tell her her uh, Shamrock's buddies about some of this. And, like, you can see some overlap happening with her group and Dud's group, too, and getting along. And I, just, I see many happy barbecues in their future. Uh, next to uh, Larry's trailer, <laughs> and it's it leaves you in just a really lovely, positive place. And as for as for Dud, um, yeah, it's just lovely to see him get a win and to physically be able to participate in a chase, which you know before they did their the shark tooth thing wouldn't have been possible for him. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens next. Um, but I, I'm going to miss this show so much, guys. <laughs> yeah, I really, I'm sort of dreading watching the finale. So maybe this is a good time to make predictions because one of my last Liz thoughts that I have is also a potential prediction for the finale. Um, first, I want to call out uh, Sonia Cassidy's delivery of, there's a 90%, no, there's a 100% chance that Dud <laughs> forgot his phone charger. Just... <sighs> aces so good mm-hmm. could not have been better um but she runs into intern grad yes. student mm-hmm. in guadalajara which and then he, called it yeah you totally did no and no you the, did i did i thought you yeah. did no you did it was it felt like a meet cute oh when they it did met. well and this feels like a continuation of that except for then he mm-hmm. vanishes i mean he we see him walk off camera it's not like he's a ghost or anything but he he hightails it out of there in a suspiciously mm-hmm. fast way um, so now I'm worried. I don't know what that is, uh, but nobody fucks with. Li- um, excuse me. Nobody messes no, 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 with no. Liz use, Dudley. Use your full range of expression. I do not mind bleeping. I do that so that we can use our full range of expression. Okay. All right. In That's that the case, whole purpose. Nobody fucking nobody fucks with fucking Liz Dudley. It's <laughs> just me now. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that's the the most straightforward setup of the mm-hmm. finale right is that or maybe something that was yet to come in in the third season so maybe it won't even come back in the next episode but um yeah that's the only question mark and that could easily be connected to uh the the mystery bid that could easily be connected to um the arrest of janet because of the proximity to everyone's uh favorite accountant um yeah, yeah. As far as other predictions for the finale, um, I'm looking forward to whatever Dudley sibling time we're going to get with yep. that painting. Um, I'm looking forward to a... I mean, I would. I don't think it'll happen, but I, I would love if Jocelyn popped back up somehow. Because they mentioned that, like, Jocelyn had been fired uh, from the lodge, and so, like, where are they going to go? How dare they? <laughs> He was probably trying to institute, like, super casual Fridays every day, and no one was having it. (laughs) He put on the new iTunes playlist. (laughs) It was all sublime. (laughs) Just all of it. Um, The the mention of him by uh, Scott, though, feels more like a nod to him, like, because we're not going to see him again. So... I would like that to happen, but I don't actually expect it. Um, I'm going to call also one more vision of Larry in the finale, Mm. is my guess, but who knows? Noel, do you have any predictions? Um, Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Um, Which is frustrating, because I I feel like anything else is going to be a big swing. I feel like Orbis has to, like, come into play a lot more um, in this finale, and I really, like, going back to our disappearing friend, 
Um, definitely feels like some sort of like rogue sect of the Parabola group that's still operating or something, maybe. Um, I don't think we're going to go that far. Um, but it definitely, for me, kind of felt like that as that could be like the thing that kind of drives them forward, but who knows. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any predictions per se at this point. Um, I'm just going to be really sad to watch it. I don't want to. Can't make me. I'm. Except that we need to watch it so that we know. I don't. I can start reading people's Lodge Forty Nine stuff because then I won't be spoiled. I've been not reading stuff about the show, so I don't get spoiled. And I look forward to being able to like go back and read like all of the. This is the show that you should be watching that you're not, and it's great write ups from the end of season two. Um, so yeah. I'm, I, I don't want it to be over, but I also I will watch it as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe someday. We know. And no, it's not going to happen. That's we okay. No, Weirder things have happened. Not that Probably. many. Not that many. That's true. Oh, no. You know what? I'm sorry. If Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman can get a it's reboot, anything can come Wait, back. What is this? Well, I am thrilled. We'll see if it actually happens. But I'm very, I mean, listeners, if you don't know what that is, look it up. Wait, I missed this news. Is Mary Hartman getting a reboot? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah with Emily Hampshire. Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek. Norman Lear and Emily Hampshire doing... Along with some of the writers from Letterkenny, and uh, she's going to uh, write, I think, produce and, and star. Um, she's not the showrunner. Uh, listeners, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman is one of the weirdest television shows um, ever. It's very, very, and not in a Twin Peaks kind of way. It's weird on a completely different level mm-hmm. um, in terms of. Uh, all of the like different formulas of TV it's playing with, and uh, it was on a long time ago. And it's impossible to watch now. You have mm-hmm. to get it on like DVD from the library, which yeah. is how I watched it. Um, it is not easy to watch now, but it is getting a reboot from. Well, hopefully, from Sony Weird just drops it somewhere that we can watch all like four hundred episodes of it because folks, <laughs> it aired in syndication every day as first run syndication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's gonna, it's gonna be wild or not. We'll mm-hmm. see. Anyway, maybe who knows? Someday, Lodge Forty Nine mm-hmm. Part Two. Wyatt Russell and Sonia Cassidy will be in their fifties. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, After watch. Wyatt Russell is I like retired watch. from doing the MCU. <laughs> yeah, whatever happens with with that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like we we have to wrap up because I have to edit this, but. I also don't want to because it's been so lovely chatting about it. No, me neither. I don't want to. I don't want to stop talking about this episode. Well, we can we can talk about how Janet's eyes just lit up when she heard that all this all all this <laughs> land from the lodge was going to go for sale real cheap. She's like, maybe I could buy all the lodges. <laughs> that evil laugh. <laughs> Reshape it in my image. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not kidding. I, that makes me think that maybe that this is actually the end of Janet's story. Because if Scott gets punished for just thinking about having a little uh, romantic interlude with the muse, mm-hmm. then Janet should definitely get punished for thinking about making the lodge her own. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully that's a that's a wrap on old on old Janet, who does not deserve Liz as a professional companion. No, not at all. The Lynx Lodge is brought to you by Omni Group. <laughs> Ugh.
Ugh, gross, gross. Okay, well. Well, I hope that you both find time to get a hot stone massage on somebody else's expense account. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start planning my trip to a national park. Um, and uh, and we will be back on Wednesday to talk about the finale of Lodge 49, uh, which is called... Oh, I guess we didn't do episode guesses. That's fine. We shouldn't. Um, but it is called The Door. Season 2, Episode 10. The Door. Okay. I have so many questions now. Which door? There's so many doors it could be. I hope it's the door in the wall. No, I don't. I hope it's not the door in the wall. Is I hope it, it's a different is, door. Is it a division door? Is it a, another secret door? Is it the other... Yeah. There's so, so many, many secret doors. doors. We're gonna... On Wednesday, we will walk through a door of our own to talk about this last hour of this wonderful TV show. And uh, we will be back then to do that. With or without our mariachi costumes. Bye. 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 Bye.